Welcome to Feel Good Sports. We're cracking into week four of WBBL 08. Jen, what do you think? Lane, look, we're starting to get towards the countdown for many teams, towards finals. We've gone past the halfway mark. I feel like there's five potentials and three, mm, what are you going to get out of the rest of the season? Yeah. Which is actually great news because a few weeks ago when we talked about how things are going to shake down, we thought there were only four potentials. I still... Not sure if I believe in the Hobart Hurricanes yet, but they mathematically right up there in that sense. So they're sitting in fifth at the moment and they've got a game in hand as well. So they are better positioned in a sense if they can they can win the next, the next couple, they'll jump in the top four. So there's a lot to like about their team. I think the reason I don't get excited is I don't think they've got like a genuine pace bowler. So then I don't have that moment of excitement, but they've got some great batters and they've got a lot of good medium paces in like Carey and Heather Graham, a big fan of HG. And now they've got once again, the leading wicket taker in WBBL history in Molly Strano. She's mm. overtaken again, JJ. And that's going to be a great storyline throughout the rest of this season is the two of them jumping back and forth. She did have a, a great um, couple of performances. Do you think she's she's got a little fire in her belly since uh, JJ has? Yeah, because JJ t- um, had a bit of a lead at one point, didn't she? And she did. Yeah. was like not on my watch, my friend. Absolutely. I took over from Sarah Ailey, and I have not let it up, so I'm taking it back. Yeah, I think Sixers are in first, Strikers in second after their win over the Scorchers. I'll go through the results since we last recorded. The Heat in third, and Scorchers fourth, Hurricanes fifth. Stars, Renegades, Sydney Thunder make out six, seven, eight. And I'm not sure they bring out the feel good, those three teams at the moment, unfortunately. Not the cricket results feel good, but there's other yeah. feel good stories about them, no doubt. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into that, I think, in a little bit. So let's let's do the results and what we loved over the last week. All right. So the results from last Wednesday, the Stars had a twenty two run win over the Adelaide Strikers. <laughs> The Sydney Sixers had a 15-run win over the Sydney Thunder. Hurricanes won by four wickets over the Melbourne Renegades. The Heat had a 14-run win over the Thunder. The Strikers, a five-wicket win over the Stars. The Scorchers had a huge win over the Sydney Sixers by nine wickets. We'll definitely be talking about Beth Mooney. Hobart Hurricanes went down to the Heat by four wickets. The Melbourne Renegades had a win over the Thunder and then the Strikers got it done over the Perth Scorchers in Perth on Sunday. And then the last game of that sort of week to round it out, Melbourne Renegades, Hobart Hurricanes. The Hurricanes had an easy win, eight-wicket win over them. Were there standout games for you or moments that you looked at? Absolutely. I think there are three big standouts in terms of batting. Grace Harris had a beginnings Beth Mooney, 99 not out on Saturday, right after Pez batted basically a whole innings for a big total as well. So really lovely to see some some decent totals. And obviously we were at Lilac Kill over the weekend, so it was nice to actually be there for Moons just really taking apart the Sixers attack, if we're honest. She was incredible to watch. It was – we were really spoilt when you think – Chloe Paparo was also very good. She had a score in the 40s. And Mooney, when she went into that game, was striking at under 100. She was around 91, and now she's up over 100. But that was incredible to watch. Was there anything in particular that you just made you sit there and in awe? Yeah, I think 
the way she picks gaps when it comes to hitting boundaries, she's got this flexibility that you don't really see in a lot of batters. I didn't get this kind of feeling that she had. She was targeting a particular area of the ground. I felt like she could see where she could hit it and she would hit it there. Yep. And that was really cool to actually see in person. So she was pretty sick going into that game, wasn't she? I believe so. And she has a, she's always really struggled in any sort of heat yeah. as well and humidity. Which is ironic so. given that she's from Brisbane and she plays in yeah, Perth. Yeah, she's from country. Why would she move from Queensland to Perth if she struggles <laughs> with the heat? Move to Melbourne. Don't though. Please don't. That's 100% not advice. She's got um, obviously a great resilience yeah. to be able to put away feeling horrible and still get the job done but I like your point about her flexibility so I almost feel like she has the answer to a jigsaw puzzle before the rest of us do so it's like she sees the field in a different way like she's got some kind of ball radar yeah whereas like us mere mortals sort of go okay I think I need to hit it there but we might be limited only to that spot whereas she goes well you didn't give it to me there actually I can just go over to cow corner or I can put it behind square leg I don't know anyway she was brilliant to love to, to watch batting I was so pleased we got to see Beth Mooney oh, in action like that it was, it was really so good it was really good to be there and watch her just dominate destroy yeah what I would have loved to see from the Sixers is the ability to walk off from that game they looked down in the dumps whereas they're still sitting on top of the table I feel like from an outsider's perspective we're all more able to go you just got done in by one player on an absolute day and she's a player that you Put know can do it. Yeah. I, I really don't think you can walk away from a game like that and be like, oh, we've just we've just ballsed that up, haven't we? No, you haven't. You've just you've just walked into a really good batting pitch with Beth Mooney on a really good day. Yeah. But I reckon they should just go, see you in the finals, do it to us again then. Like yeah. almost that that bravado. Um, Absolutely. Can I tell you a couple of things that just made me grin? So I was obviously working at Lilac. Yeah. So I got to be out close to when the tosses, the bat flips were done. And there was just a couple of moments that luckily I was standing far enough away because I just started to giggle. Elise Perry, when she went out to do the bat flip, sixes versus scorches, she wins the, the flip and she elects to bat first. When she got asked, what are you doing first? She said, I'm having a bat. Why? Was the question. She went, Oh, it's just a really lovely day. I love that she's backed that up with, uh, I'll just go out and bat the whole innings then, shall I? <laughs> she's gone, I'm going to enjoy being out there. Let's do it. Let's go. She did then go into a, like a, a cricket answer after that. She named the groundsman. She called him Scooter. He will be so pleased with that. He's just like loves the Sixers girls and loves it. They come over every year. And the other one was the following day, the strikers taking on the Scorchers. Bat flip goes up. Uh, Megan Shute calls it. As it lands, Sophie Devine wins. Both captains were watching the bat and when Shooter didn't win, she was like, yes. <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then Sophie's like, I didn't want to win. I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> they just started laughing like, oh, I've got to choose. And then, yeah, Sophie's like, we'll have a bat. Do you think it matters much if, if it's on a day where you don't know what you don't want to do? Does it matter much? Does that mean, oh, it's okay if we bat, oh, it's okay if we, yeah, if so we field? There's certain days where winning the toss is absolutely critical and yeah. that says a lot about the conditions of the day or what the wicket looks like because you want to bowl first usually on those days. On this sort of day it was like oh, we're not really sure if we want to chase or set. We're not entirely sure what the pitch is going to do. We're kind of happy either way. 
when I said to Shooter, do you reckon it's a runs pitch or a wickets pitch? And she's like, oh, well, runs pitch. And then she goes and takes four for. You said that she mentioned in interviews later that she she felt like she had a bit of a loose performance and yeah, she, she was taking wickets on a loose performance. Yeah, she gave, dropped crap a couple of times. I think she was like, oh, I got a crap, crap ball, got a wicket. Yeah, she just <laughs> a delightful bogan who actually like lets her own personality out really well these days and embraces the fact that she sees cricket differently. And I think as an Australian public, or I certainly feel like I do anyway, we embrace that. I love that she articulates things differently. I love that she has a huge smile on her face when she's competing. I always feel like entertainment is somewhere in the vicinity when yeah. she's at the game. So this is something that you and I have been talking about a little bit um, for a couple of reasons. I reckon let's jump into your experience with Sophie Devine after they lost on Sunday. Tell me what it was like chatting with Sophie Devine after that, after that kind of yeah, it was a pretty full-on loss Yeah, the strikers. A, a really disappointing loss for the, the Scorchers. And so often in the role I do, you get to interview someone from the winning team because they're, yeah, of course, we'll get interviewed. We're happy to. A lot of the time the, the losing team disappears. Whereas, in fact, it, their fans want to hear from them either way. And Sophie Devine is so good at giving her time. She's genuine in we lost and we weren't good enough. And, in fact, we haven't actually fired yet. So a really honest appraisal of, of how the Scorchers are going as opposed to hiding behind a one-moment excuse for today. Because yeah, Deandra Dotton batted well. She could have just, oh, Deandra Dotton batted well and, you know, given a 30-second interview. Then speaks about her own personal form. Because, again, it's she hasn't she's not really firing. Uh, she was honest enough to be like, to be fair, yesterday Beth Mooney fired. We probably didn't overall. So she was really genuine and authentic and she's got a great sense of humour that comes through throughout it the entire way. And I was like, at the end of it, she's only gained more fans because she was so personable about speaking about a loss and you could still tell she has a desire to win. It wasn't like she was someone who was going, it's okay. It was all in there and she was talking about the game from a perspective of we can be better and how much fun's that going to be when we go out and do this and you're going to enjoy it and I just thought if you were a Sophie Devine fan you're more of a fan if you'd never heard from Sophie Devine before you're a fan she has a really holistic view of how of how matches unfold how life and and sport connect absolutely and it's one of the things that I've always really liked I say always again only in the last year that I've known about who she is listening to her interviews during their home world cup which they bottled Mm. and then also the hundred where she was captaining the Birmingham Phoenix yeah the way she talks about the game is really intelligent really holistic really generous to all players and she thinks about it in terms of oh I don't know how she thinks about it but she comes across as if she thinks about it in terms of performances how the match plays out and also how the community how fans engage and this is one of the things that is really important to me as a non- Athlete, So I come at cricket from a non-player's point of view. The only cricket I've ever played has been backyard cricket with my brothers. I come to cricket as a consumer, right? So I come to cricket wanting to be entertained. When it comes down to it, I like I love the Scorchers. They're my team, want them to win. But I just want a really good game. And I think that's true for a lot of people because we're such a sporting country, Australia. One of the things we fail to recognise is that the job of an athlete isn't winning or losing. 
the job of an athlete is entertaining, right? But we as a country, because we're so into winning, make it a winning or losing thing. Whereas if you look at America, you still want winning and losing. You still love a champion. The point of a sporting game, it's to be a space where historically the working class can put away their week on the weekend, go to a game, eat a hot dog, listen to a big band play maybe because they'll have a marching band or whatever. And it's a panacea for the masses. It's actually the thing that makes you feel good about your life when you're not at work. It's entertainment. And if you had a massive band in town that rocked up, had a performance, maybe their kit broke down halfway through, maybe their speakers blew, and then they just disappeared afterwards. That's it, man. You can't have a bad performance and then not engage, right? And I think... We have seen it in the T20 Men's World Cup with Australia being well and truly out of it and having looked well and truly out of it from from the beginning. So Aaron Finch said before the tournament started that the boys were really fatigued before the start of the tournament and we don't usually talk about men's sport but I went to watch the the match against Sri Lanka at Perth Stadium and there was, I think it was a 25,000 crowd And you could just eyeball that crowd and go, the majority of these fans are Sri Lankans. Australia fielded first and you could see in the bodies of those men that there was no energy there. And then the Sri Lankan team came out to field and they're moving, they're talking to each other, they're having a joke. And you can see there's this electricity, there's this chemistry in the field and it transfers directly out into the stadium. And so the Sri Lankan fans are moving around, waving their flags and they create this atmosphere. And frankly, I was talking to my dad about it, my dad being a massive cricket brain. And we were talking about the fact that Australia looked like they were losing the whole time, up until Marcus Stoinis walked out and smashed his massive innings. But you've got this sense among the players, even when it's a pretty evenly poised game, they looked like they were losing. There's been a lot of discussion about the low numbers for the World Cup so far, particularly for Australian games. And the fact that there's no magic, Adam Gilchrist and Michael Clark have both talked about the fact that it seems like there's no buy-in for the Australian men's team and that might be caught up in the whole Justin Langer fiasco with his forced retirement from that role, forced resignation. I think general public feeling that it was just handled ridiculously poorly. There hasn't been a great recovery in terms of value of the men's squad since Sandpapergate. And then kind of you you have a performance like this and we spoke briefly about the fact that Glenn Maxwell was in the press conference following Australia essentially being knocked out, saying, oh, you know, it's, it's not that important. We'll just move on to the next tournament. Putting that in the context of this is a home World Cup and you've just said that losing it isn't that important. Whereas there's no way an Indian player would say that. There's no way a Pakistani player would say that because it matters to the people. You're not rocking up for your own self-satisfaction. You're actually rocking up for the people that are paying to be entertained, that are paying for the little bit of relief that this experience brings them. You're performing a service for your fans and particularly if you're on a national team, you're rocking up to be a representative of a cultural experience of an entire nation 
and to go, that doesn't matter. I think um, Michael Clark said that the way the Australian t- team pursued the World Cup this time round was un-Australian because they had this really aggressive team and they played really defensively. We use un-Australian as an insult. Realistically, what un-Australian means is this isn't representative of our country. So when you call a nationally contracted player un-Australian, you're saying you're not representative of how this country um, experiences cricket. And frankly, cricket as an industry is suffering because of it. The thing for me is... uh Glenn Maxwell is someone who usually looks like he's enjoying his cricket and if he's not, he doesn't play well. That's the way he goes. And I feel like it's indicative of potentially where they are. You use the word chemistry and mentioning Australian crowds, Australian players versus Sri Lankan crowds, Sri Lankan players, that sort of stuff. It's a chicken or the egg almost thing, isn't it? Because those crowds impart a lot onto the players, but I feel the players impart a lot onto the crowd and – I don't know if Australia – are we waiting for the players to give it to the crowd or the crowd, are the players waiting for the crowd to give it to them? And that's why it's different. Look, I think this is where we can learn something from Sophie Devine mm-hmm. um, because she she brings an intention to connect with fans and to connect with the community and represent a squad as part of a community, right? If we're talking about sport as entertainment, which is how it functions as an industry, one of those parties is getting paid and the other party is paying for the experience. And when it comes down to it, if you don't have consumer buy-in, i.e. your fans aren't turning up and paying for tickets for games, why is that? Because as a business, Cricket Australia have a job to do and that job is to convince Australian consumers to pay for their product and the product is cricket. So your cricket players are producing that product, whether or not they're having the best day ever isn't really the point. Whether you win or lose isn't really the point. The point is whether or not you're entertaining and engaging in your product as entertainment. Which is something that I think is why the WBBLs, the IPLs, the 100, the The franchise T20s, they understand their brief, don't they? They yeah. know it's about entertainment. Like you go I to the hundred, you can text in and pick a batter's walkout song. I think that I think that's probably true of WBBL and BBL in the past, but we have talked about several teams this time round that don't have chemistry. Chemistry's gone. That aren't living in a space of of I'm here to do a job, and that job is to entertained they're living in a space of i'm here to do the do a job and that job is to win and because we're not winning they're getting further and further and further away from the entertainment factor yeah so they're they're not exciting to watch because the first couple of weeks when i was watching renegades games and checking out their highlights and stuff i'm at least interested to see what will happen but now when the renegades are having a poor showing when sophie molyneux who i rate as a cricketer takes a wicket she just turns around and walks back to her mark and I'm like that's not your job your job isn't to take a wicket and walk back to your mark and do it again your job is to take a wicket and make people care about it do you know who was funny Deandra Dotton scores that 50 plus score on the weekend against the Scorchers doesn't get prior of the match because um, Shooter did with her four wickets 
but D Dot milked her walk off after her dismissal for all it was worth. They were waiting for her to still cross the rope. The other batter was in play, had taken centre. Sophie Devine had ball in hand at the top of her mark, and they're all standing waiting for her to walk off. She walked off that slowly, Watch her. just being like, "Yep, everyone's appreciating me. We're just going to take this moment of a uh, bit of D Dot World Boss time. Thank you very much. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely, <laughs> she knows her job. We were talking about how how players have to do their media commitments and stuff. And we were talking about how Sarah Coit had an on-field uh, interview. She had the, the field mic and stuff on. Obviously, the, the Renegades are having a, a shocking season. She's in the middle of a shocking game. It's her 100th game and they're trying to make a deal of it. And she's like, I'm not having this. Yeah, And that's fine. She gets to the point where, where they're like... They said, how are you enjoying being back at the Melbourne Renegades? And she said, well, I've never played for them before, so how can I be back? Paraphrasing, that's probably not the exact quote, but a real like shutdown of, yeah, you have not asked me the right question, and I'm not even going to help you out here. Yeah, <laughs> and then she moved you. on to say it's it's a good it's a good, it's good group it's a good group. I'm enjoying which is myself. What everyone says it. all the time, except realistically, it's not always going to be a good group. But the line is always going to be it's a good group. I think with the Renegades, you can see that the chemistry is not there. You can see that they're not enjoying being out there together, which is a problem. But I also wonder, they so they didn't have Harmon Precor, but they have two phenomenally important players out with injury as well. Yeah. In Wareham and Valemic. Yeah. So how do, how do you deal with a list that is so depleted and kind of go, yeah, we're going to come out and play this competition with intention yeah and that's the hard part because you look at what i say they're lacking which is someone who's got out and out pace to make batters go oh and that's Taylor. and they have that person and she's probably got the best pace bowler in australia just sitting on her bench all the time yeah and then wareham is someone who in the field and when she bats and when she bowls there's um excitement about the way she moves and what she does and she wants to impact the game and she enjoys it so yeah, they're missing two huge parts of it and also two people that I think Molyneux really enjoys. So yeah. then her... Because that's the thing. She doesn't to me, and it's very hard because win or lose obviously does have a big effect on the fun you're having. Yeah. And as much as you try and say it doesn't, it does. But for me, Molyneux as is, is the captain is just like, oh, this is hard work. Yeah, because the thing is you've got a trio of three excellent Australian contracts in your side and only one of them's on the field and she's and we're usually carrying used to a burden like a webby icing on the cake come out and do these awesome cameos and those sorts of things whereas she's she's not necessarily going to do it for them every single game. Yeah. But she's like their leading bat. Yeah. Has to be their leading bat instead of being their their next name that everyone goes, "Oh no, now we've got to deal with her." Yeah. They sort of are like, we've just got to deal with her, is yeah. almost what it feels like. So anyway, the Renegades are struggling. The Thunder are battling as well. And so now they have an end of season, the two of those teams, to sort of, I don't know, like change their mindset and go go even bigger. <laughs> like what, what's your way out of the hole? Is it being more conservative or being like go for excitement factor? Me they- as a fan – Go for excitement. They factor. are at the stage where they have nothing to lose except mm. fans. Yeah, so go go harder, cause some chaos. Yeah, like affect everyone else. Make and it have a fun nightmare to turn yeah. up on on the same pitch as you. Yeah, make exactly. it nightmarish. Make it 
so chatty, so annoying. Make it Grace Harris. <laughs> Whereas I feel like the Stars, they've actually surprised me in some of the cricket they've played and they've been close in their losses. It was good watching Annabelle Sutherland in a pretty flat game on the weekend. Dude, yeah. It was good to watch her come out with some intention How and was- the way she moved. You watch cricketers on the screen and you're like, yeah, this looks great. And then you see them in person and you're like, that is fast. She's a that unit moves. as well, isn't she? Like, yeah. Some of the shots she played. She looked like she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> Everyone else rocked up for a to completely different conditions. Game. Yeah. For all of the women's sports supporters out there, the Matildas are playing and there's AFLW finals all happening in Melbourne. It's a huge week. Unfortunately, they clash times. I would love it if scheduling people had looked at it and gone, do you know what? We'll put them all in the same area and you could literally go like, know your audience. You could go from the soccer to the cricket to the footy, something like that. How good would that be? Missed opportunity, but how good? <laughs> it would have been great. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Let's do it. See ya. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Later. Oh, so bad. <laughs>